May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture is from Isaiah 4, 1 through 3. And it has a word that we all need at this time in our lives in this divided country. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and tell it that its time of service is ended, that its penalty is paid, that it is received from God's hand double for all its sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of God, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Well, the cat is a little bit out of the bag about the direction that I'll be going with this sermon. And so, since we already know that we've talked a little bit about waiting and wondering, I thought I'd begin with a different, important, but admittedly very controversial topic that I'm hoping we can sort of wrestle out live here together. I know St. Luke has a strong history of being able to come together for the tough conversations. So we're going to give it a try. Friends, fellow church folks, when is the proper time to begin listening to Christmas music? <laughs> Does anyone have a strong opinion that they would like to share? The, the weekend after Thanksgiving. Okay, so we got a, I, I think a lot of folks may be in this camp. How many folks believe that the weekend after Thanksgiving is when to begin playing the Christmas music? Okay, so that's the majority. Does anyone want to express a contrary view? <laughs> the weekend before, I heard that. Excellent. And Evelyn, I see your hand up. So I'll speak for my late husband. He thought you shouldn't sing Christmas carols in church until Christmas happened. Okay, so Evelyn's late husband, a pastor type. And this is something that we discuss sometimes in our worship planning. Advent has its own set of music. If you're singing about Jesus being born before Jesus is being born, you might miss the season of Advent and some of this waiting that we will be talking about this morning. Now, it was brought to my attention uh, this weekend that there is an equally strong debate that can be found about when is the appropriate time to put up a Christmas tree. Does anyone put up a tree before Thanksgiving? <laughs> Carol and I do. <laughs> How many folks say after Thanksgiving, then you can go ahead and get the tree? Does anyone wait until Christmas week to do it? Okay, a few people. So our family, apart in my chiding, we go out and get it right away. Uh, 
it gets so dark so early, I just want a little extra something. <laughs> and I also want the first pick of the litter uh, at our local Christmas tree farm. The other thing is that as a pastor, and certainly as a former youth director, you start planning Christmas stuff in October. And so sometimes I start listening to the music before Halloween. And if you talk to your local radio stations or your local big box hardware stores, a lot of times they're starting to get the Christmas stuff out then too. Which is an interesting thing because most of this season of Advent, at least, is about waiting. All of the main verbs of the season, waiting, watching, preparing, expecting, they are all time-bound actions that are part of the spiritual rhythm of Advent. And when we rush toward them, or maybe in some cases start them well in advance, it can have a way of stretching or maybe even diluting some of the rhythms of the season. Spiritual rhythms have a certain importance in teaching us lessons. And that is especially true in a fast-paced society like ours. So today, uh, what I recognize is certainly in part a sermon to myself who is not good at this. I wanted to share three important lessons of Advent that center around the spiritual discipline of waiting and watching and wondering. Lesson one is to recognize that waiting ex itself can be a spiritual discipline. And it is one that we are perhaps both in need of and a little ill-prepared for in this society. We live in a very fast-paced world. We make one-click purchases. We have same-day delivery options. We have digital communications tools that allow us to search, to see, to find just about anything that we could creatively imagine. I like that often. It also means, though, that we are not accustomed to waiting and we are not accustomed to wondering. Most folks in this room, since our young ones are off uh, to, I think, rehearse for the pageant, we can remember what it was like to not know the answer to a question and to continue not knowing that answer for a while and to have perhaps a whole debate about what was the name of the Beatle drummer before Ringo was part of the group? And you could have the experience of continuing to not know until someone found someone who knew the answer. That is not something that we are accustomed to. Now, I actually don't remember the name of that Beatle drummer. I'm not going to look it up at the moment. I feel myself getting curious. Pete Best, yes, Pete Best, thank you. You couldn't let me wait and wonder. <laughs> and little funny things like that, maybe it doesn't make all the difference in the world. But when we are never accustomed to waiting, never accustomed to wondering, 
we do lose a capacity for something. A capacity of something that is related to our desire for control and for instant satisfaction, instant gratification. I think that I am personally so a part of that fast-paced world that I don't even know what I'm missing about having a hard time waiting and wondering. But I do think it has something to do with how present I'm able to live in the moment, how present I'm able to be with others. And so if waiting is a core part of the Advent experience, there may be some spiritual wisdom there about being open for something that you don't know, something yet to come. Second lesson on waiting is that Advent waiting, as we heard in this scripture, involves seeking a comfort that is beyond our control. See, the voice coming, crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the coming of God, it is a voice that is long desired and long hoped for amidst the people, both of the First Testament and of Christians who interpret these lines through the lens of a Jesus incarnate. Now, at first blush, this point probably seems something like the very first point I made, which is, oh yeah, we're not used to waiting for comfort. Surely those of us who've learned to receive instant gratification may have a hard time when instant comfort is not something we can add to our shopping carts online. And yet, many of us have known the longing or the pain of waiting for situations that in fact are beyond our control and are beyond the scope of modern digital consumerism. Many of us have waited, watched, and prayed for a loved one struggling with addiction or wellness to finally admit that they need help or to finally find the right type of support that they need and have been searching for. Perhaps some of us have been that very person and are finding ourselves longing for comfort or courage or support that is either beyond our capacity to grasp or that we simply don't know what it is that we need, but we need something that is beyond ourselves. The season of Advent is a season for those of us who search the starry skies, longing for the comfort that might only be possible with God, because it seems impossible here. And that is something that we are not used to and accustomed to when we can readily go out and find or purchase most things. There are some things that don't have an easy fix. There are some scenarios that are so hard to bear that it feels like the only comfort that could come would have to be an act of God or the presence of God. I remember the youth director at the church where I grew up, she would often say that God typically responds to our prayer requests in one of three ways. It might be yes, 
It might be no, or often it might simply be wait. And as difficult as it may be at times to hear a no or a yes that we'd rather not hear, it's sometimes all the more difficult to simply be told to wait, to watch, to keep one's eyes and heart open to what may yet still be unfolding that is beyond our ability to see. Advent doesn't tell us when the hope and comfort of God will be born among us. It simply declares that hope and comfort are coming. We may ask when, how, where, why. I want to know the answers now. And the word is still, yes, comfort is coming. Wait and watch. And for those of us who are staring at hard situations, longing for a fix that seems out of our reach, this is a season with words of comfort, with words of hope that are beyond us. And maybe part of the spiritual wisdom of this season is learning to look beyond ourselves, hard as that may be. Finally, our third Advent lesson on waiting. As hard and as unfair as it may be at times to have to wait, there is something special that happens when we do wait and watch with hope. Now, as I've already said in the children's sermon, as many of you know, just knowing me, that is not a lesson that comes easy to me. I also expect that it's pretty true for many of us here. For myself, in the face of fear or despair, uncertainty or unknown, any of those hard aspects of life, my inclination is always to focus on those things that I can do, those things that are within my control or influence. Maybe I cannot control when a, a pandemic will end, but I could at least make an effort to practice care and connection while we're at a distance. Maybe I cannot halt global climate change or end racism in this nation, but at least I can work on living more sustainably myself or on working on my own insecurity or reactions in diverse situations, confronting my own racism. I can work on those things, perhaps, and invite others into that calling. In the face of nearly any challenge, known or unknown, you will find me analyzing and embracing the areas that are within my control to make a positive difference. That's my coping strategy, and it's one I recommend and challenge us to often. However, that difference is not always enough. In fact, sometimes it may even be a bit of a control issue in myself. Not in you, but in myself. Sometimes it may lead us to desperately seek distractions or lost causes when really what we should be doing 
is waiting, watching, wondering, and hoping. This season teaches us who struggle with waiting as a good thing or a spiritual discipline to recognize that, yes, sometimes all we can do is wait and hope. And sometimes that very act of waiting, which is to say the act of intentionally not rushing into anxious action, that intentionality itself can be a spiritual discipline. A hopeful practice that teaches us to let go and remain open to a story that may yet unfold in surprising and hopeful ways. Now, am I personally going to stop trying to act in those areas where I think I can make a good positive difference? Probably not. But I'm going to try to remind myself that there are rhythms deeper and beyond us. And then it's not always up to us to change the entire world. Sometimes we are called to let go and to search the starry sky in wonder, hoping that some God-born comfort may be coming. This story, this season of Advent, it is bound up in the faithful act of waiting and watching and hoping for the promise of God to come. I was reminded of a book, the very first book study I ever led as a pastor back in 20-something, 2011. The Way is Made by Walking. A lovely book about the El Camino, a pilgrimage in Spain where folks walk some 500 miles. And the author shares his wonderings, learnings, and gleanings along the way. And his core message is that it is the commitment, the embodied, time-consuming commitment of walking the El Camino that itself makes the journey so transformational. The way is made by walking because each and every day you take step by step by step. And in doing so, you open yourself to the lessons that come by embodying the movement. Today I'd like to suggest when it comes to Advent, the way is made by waiting. And the way is made by watching by hoping. And as challenging as those rhythms may be for those of us who like to leap into action, it is what we are called to embrace and perhaps even protectively embrace as we rush toward Christmas here. Because when we do wait, when we watch, we hope, when we slow down enough, there are things that open up and unlock inside our bodies, inside our minds, our hearts, inside our families and communities. These are precious lessons that are not taught or embodied well in this society. And our challenge this Advent 
is to not rush ahead to Christmas too quick, but to linger and to watch and to wonder. The way is made by waiting. And so may God help us to not rush past this season, for it does have much to teach us. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.